DJ PK, it is time to talk football with Riley Jensen, college football expert and mental performance coach, and he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. Riley, you need to... um, you need to multitask during this. If you don't already have your Utah BYU pick, we are going to get it from you before this segment ends. So be prepared. I'm not afraid. I'm All not right. afraid. I'm but afraid. first, as a former Aggie quarterback, you had to be pretty excited with the way your Aggies came up big in the fourth quarter at Washington State and won a Pac-12 road game for the first time ever. And I am curious, because now in your current line of work, you're a mental performance coach, and I'm curious where the Aggies got the confidence to pull that off. It's in the middle of the fourth quarter. They needed a touchdown, they needed a stop, and they needed a touchdown. And they didn't have a touchdown in the whole game. So why did they think they were going to get two? And they hadn't gotten a stop in the second half. It was touchdown, touchdown, field goal. And they needed a zero, and they needed the ball back quickly. They got all three things. They win the game. How do they do that? Well, first of all, it was really interesting because I was texting my brothers during the game, and I was like, this is really, really odd to me, but I'm loving the way the offense is playing. And it was like 6-5, to five, or yeah. I, can't, I can't remember if it was 8-5. to five. I mean, it was 10. And I was like, I can't, I can't put a finger on it right now, but there's something going well about this offense for Utah State. And it was – it was really fun to watch. Look, both both Peasley and Bonner, they competed. They had they both had some like really detrimental t- uh, turnovers that could have really cost Utah State that only cost them 3 points. But I thought overall those guys played feisty, they played tough, and the defense all night uh, it, it's it feels like that's the first time that I've seen a defense that can fly around since the first time Gary was was Gary Anderson was the coach at Utah State, the defense was just really fun to watch. And this this Rice kid that transferred in from Arkansas State and was the Fresno State and he was the Mountain West Player of the Year on defense two or three years ago. I can't remember what it is. He's a fun player to watch, and he has these guys going in the right direction. And you got to give a lot of credit to Coach Blake Anderson for having these guys ready to play. I think. The reason why they were able to score and the reason why they were able to get stops is if you go to the defensive side, they were getting stops in the first half. Washington State had made some adjustments. Utah State finally made the adjustments that they needed to. And then offensively, I thought all game, if they if they could just figure out how to get into the red zone and, and finish it off in the red zone, um, that, that they were going to be able to score some touchdowns. Now, I'll be honest with you with, Four minutes and thirty seconds left. I was like, "Dang it!" They just they couldn't figure it out, and then and then they did. I mean, it was and that throw by Bonner on the slant. I mean, that was a back that was a back hip pocket slant throw. I mean, that's that's a veteran throw. That's not an easy throw to make in the red zone to know to put put it away from the defender in a place where your receiver can still catch it and score. And what what a big win for Utah State. I mean. If you're a Utah State fan, there's been so many games like the loss at Wisconsin where you miss a 27-yard field goal, right? The the Auburn game where you give up 10 points in the last three minutes of the game. Otherwise, you have Auburn. And there's just been so many heartbreakers that it was really fun. And I know, 
I know Pac-12 fans are like, well, it's just Wazoo. Hey, to Utah State right now, any win on the road against a P5 team, that's a big deal. That's a big yeah. deal. Home or away, for that matter. I'm wondering if you see a situation going forward when coaching changes are made and they're made out of not because a good coach left, but they're made because the program fired somebody, and that's the case here. If going forward, athletic directors will look at uh, when they hire their new coach, how much he was beloved by his players because then you bring the coach and you also bring the quarterback and you bring the best defensive player and on and on, and they're immediately eligible. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to consider that, right? Like, there's so many things in college football now that we have to consider. I mean, look, the portal is here to stay. Let's let's be honest. The portal has had a significant impact on a lot of teams, and it's made a lot of teams better. It's, it's made a lot of teams be able to recover quicker from a difficult year. And, look, I don't know what's going to happen with Utah State. Um, I, think, I think that Coach Blake Anderson was hired because he offensively can energize the team and, and, and make it a little bit more fun for fans to want to come to the game. I think that's why he was hired. And I'm telling you, it was a six six to five ball game, and I was like, I don't know why, but the Aggies are moving the ball. They had 222 yards rushing. They were throwing the ball around. There was interesting and cool little wrinkles to their plays. But I think you're right, PK, back to the point of, like, if this guy's likable and he can bring some players. Now, who would have thought that bringing a quarterback from Arkansas State and a linebacker from Arkansas State was going to make Utah State better? But they did fill some holes and fill some needs that Utah State needed to fill. And so all of a sudden, it's, it's you know, there's, there's a whole different feel. Now, look, I have to be honest. The Utah State football team and the coaching staff there, you have to give them a lot of credit. They've been very excited about this season, and I think they were seeing some things that even I didn't see. I I was thinking this is like new coach, new energy, like everybody's just excited because it's different, right? But they obviously saw something different than what I saw. I, I, mistake, I mistakenly made a judgment on this team of like, yeah, it's going to take a little while to rebuild this thing. Now, it still remains to be seen. I mean, you beat Washington State, they could be a real mess up there, and we just don't know it, right? But I think I think this was a great step, and this is something that they can really, really build on as a team. I want to underline what you said about Washington State. I don't know it. I'm too far away to prove it. But Rolovich has said weird stuff in the offseason, and he's handled situations oddly. And yes, it's the vaccine, but it's not just the vaccine. It's other stuff, too. So if there's a weird vibe, um, you know, and some of this loss is on them not being able to seal it, yes. But... Utah State looked completely different, and I don't think you can put it just to the coaching change. And Arizona surprised us. I think we have got to say that if you handle the transfer portal right, even though you're not bringing in Heisman Trophy winners and everybody's got some baggage or they wouldn't be leaving the school they're leaving, you can upgrade stuff. And your weakest spots where teams really attack you and beat you, you can upgrade them and make them better very quickly. And I think that matters. And Blake Anderson said, people don't, people look at your starters, but fans don't really worry about the depth that much. And over the course of a season, sometimes really quickly, the depth will bite you because you don't have it and you have some quick early injuries and things go really wrong. So I think what Arizona and Utah State, the way they both passed an eyeball test, even though Arizona lost, uh, these transfers matter. 
No, no question. And I, I, I love that statement from Blake. It, look, typically what happens to a football team, it's it's usually the teams that stay healthy that have really good seasons. I mean, it's it, it just is. Football is a game where people get hurt. And if you can build some sort of depth with the portal and you can bring in key players that you're missing, I mean, God, you just don't slide as far. And so I think that's, I think that's a key – I think it's a key indicator. And the coaches that I've talked to around, and most of the coaches and the contacts that I have are in this state, they're like, the portal is a big deal. And and they almost begrudgingly say it because they feel bad for like some of the freshmen and the recruiting classes that will take place because the portal has become so important. I mean, it's free agency for college football, right? And you're able to do some things that you normally couldn't do. And these coaches are paying very close attention to the portal uh, going forward because I think they see the value in this and how how a second string big time player coming out of high school who's not happy it doesn't mean that he can't play and it doesn't mean that he can't have a good attitude in another school with another fresh start and yeah, I mean I think it's showing Arizona I'll tell you where Arizona was impressive to me there was some in the second half against BYU there was some team speed stuff that just really stood out to me for Arizona where it was like, wow, if you give the ball to number five right now, he he's really hard to tackle, even even when BYU was doing a great job of team tackling. And so I feel like they were much improved. And I think I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for, for folks like us, right, that are always analyzing and looking at football because we're going to have to really take into consideration, okay, so who is this guy from the portal and what kind of an impact can, re, can he really have? Because it's not going to be the same – same situation where we go, okay, so here's the freshman, here's the returning starter, you know, all this kind of stuff. We're going to we're gonna have to dig deep. And maybe I'm just talking to myself. I know you guys do your homework a lot better than I do. But this, this portal thing is, is, has changed the face of college football forever, in my opinion. I thought Jaron Hall was solid, if not spectacular. I can't go that far, but certainly no turnovers and move the ball. He'll get better. What do you think of him and his first performance as a starter this season? I thought it was very. I thought that was a very solid first start. I didn't. I didn't feel like there was any throws or any any difficult things, with with the exception of the touchdown that he threw to Neil Pau down down the middle. It was, it was a little bit late. But I don't know that he wasn't trying to set it up to go there. So that that's my only question mark is like was that was that like I was reading left and I thought and I thought oh I I, I got to get this and then late his reaction was to throw late down the middle. I mean that's that's a common phrase in football. You get a little bit nervous, but I'm also not being critical because it may have been that he was looking it off, looking it off, and then throwing it there. But he just threw it a little bit late. So I'd like to see that throw just speed up a little bit and recognize that and get there just a little bit quicker. But Overall, man, I mean, his footwork, his ability to, like, turn on the Jets down the sideline, I, I didn't feel like the moment was too big for him. That's that's the thing I'm always looking for in a first start was was the moment too big for you. Was it was this too intimidating? Was it too difficult to do? And I thought uh, I, I would have graded him um, just because I know how good he can be. That's That's probably a good solid B performance, but that's not – that's not me ripping on him. That's me knowing that he has he has more in his canister. And I think as he feels more and more confident and as the coaching staff feels more and more confident in him, there's just going to be bigger and bigger games for him. 
Can Utah stop Algier and put the whole offense on Hall? Because that would seem to be a big ask if that's what happens. Well, I kind of think so. Look, I mean, Weber State is a pretty good football team. I'm not comparing them to BYU with two really good running backs. And Weber State couldn't even get a hand on Devin Lloyd defensively. And I thought, I thought against the University of Utah, Devin Lloyd on that field was the best player on the field. He, he literally was in the face of running backs every single play. And the offensive linemen, when they were trying to do their combination blocks where they, where they block a defensive lineman and slide up to Devin Lloyd, they couldn't do it because he was reacting and getting there way too quick. I feel like BYU, uh, they have to be able to run the ball and I think that starts with blocking number zero. If you, if you don't block Devin Lloyd, it's going to be a really, really tough ask for BYU to just put put the ball in Jaron Hall's hands in his second start and say, okay, start slinging around and get us a win. Now, that doesn't mean that BYU's not really, really capable. That doesn't mean that they don't have great receivers and all those sorts of things. But I, I think if Utah's game plan has always been take away the run and force a team to be one-dimensional. And if they can do that to BYU, that doesn't that doesn't bode well for them. How about the other way around as far as what uh, Utah's offense is going to be able to do? Because you look at what Arizona did, and they threw the ball fairly well against the Cougars, but they didn't. You know, they only got it in the end zone once, I think. There, right, and with the, some field goals and safety, uh, but they still had success. A fair amount of success throwing it, maybe a little bit more so than running it. What do you think Utah's offensive philosophy is going to be against BYU's defense? So I think I think that Charlie Brewer and I was I was there in person at the game, and I was in a spot where I could really kind of read the play with the quarterback. It's the best. This is the most polished quarterback that Utah has had since Brian Johnson or Alex Smith. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as them, but as far as, like, taking his eyes and executing with his eyes, throwing the ball accurately downfield, doing some different things. I mean, the biggest thing that they need to work on offensively as far as the passing games this week is that all these receivers and tight ends need to get on the jugs machine because I saw for the first time a University of Utah quarterback that wasn't afraid to throw the ball to a guy that's only one yard open and put it right on his helmet. And there was a couple of drops. There was a drop in the end zone by one of the tight ends that was a touchdown. And I really felt like during the game I saw the University of Utah leave about 13 points on the board, and I thought it was mostly because of drops, not because of lack of execution. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue that's lack of execution, but the play was open. The thing that they were trying to execute was open, and I'm, I'm very impressed with Charlie Brewer. I would be very surprised um, to see him not play pretty well this week, especially with the manipulation of his eyes and being able to move defensive backs around based on what he's trying to do. And and look, Weber and Utah and BYU all play pretty similar defenses, so the defense that that Brewer saw last Thursday night is a good is a good start. Or, or a good way to kind of get warmed up for what the BYU defense will look like. So when it's all said and done, Riley, what's it going to be? You mean well, life? I, no, the game Saturday night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, judgment day. Spell it out for me. No. Riley, BYU, Utah, midnight, 1 a.m. if there's a really bad storm. 
What's it? What's everyone's mood going to be? Well, I I feel like it's really it's just really hard. It's really hard to pick against the University of Utah. Um, just be. Just because, man, there's there's some there's some mentality stuff going on right now. There's there's a whole bunch of like mental difficulties that are going on in this game. And what you have to worry about if you're BYU is is there a a here we go again type attitude if some momentum starts to go one way or the other. But I'm I'm picking the University of Utah to win this game in a super close one, and maybe not for any other reason than just because. Until they lose one, like, I can't pick against Utah. It just feels like they have so much the number of BYU right now that it's hard It's hard to see that breaking through, especially when I see defensively somebody like Devin Lloyd and when I see offensively somebody like Charlie Brewer who, who can really, really throw the ball. Now, he doesn't have the biggest arm that I've seen at the University of Utah, but, man, the accuracy and the ability to move defenses around and manipulate them into what he wants to do. He's he's a pretty, he's he's a formidable quarterback, and if they can continue to protect him, I, I don't see the Utes losing this week. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks, you guys. Have a great day.